Well, thank you, Jeanette, for that prayer. And once again, welcome and uh, happy Mother's Day. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to not just mothers, but all ladies and girls, because uh, either you are a mom or you have a mom or you desire one day to be a mom. We just like to celebrate all of you. You make us better. We applaud you. And uh, like Jeanette said earlier, we want to give you a big hug or a kiss. We can't do that from here. But if you're in the living room with a mom or a girl or a lady, get up and give them a hug. And if you need to, give them a holy kiss if that's appropriate. But uh, give them a hug. And here's the other thing I want you to do. Uh, Serve them. Guys, serve them today. Don't let them go in the kitchen. You go in the kitchen and get whatever they need. You serve them throughout the day. And uh, I believe that uh, God will be honored in that. So anyway, ladies, moms, we celebrate you. We love you. We're so thankful for each and every one of you. Well, I'd like to begin just with a uh, brief prayer. And once again, I encourage you, if you feel comfortable, to extend your hands as a symbol of receptivity to the word of God. Father, um, we just pray now that uh, this word would uh, come among us and that would uh, fill us and this word would just overwhelm us. We pray, Father, that um, the words that you have for us today would be clear and understandable. And I pray, Father, that each of us would just be very open to hear what the Spirit has to say to us. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I'd like to share with you a message about a mother's heart. Now, when I say that, um, throughout Scripture, whenever a mother is mentioned, almost every time a mother is mentioned, it shows or actually attaches itself to God's heart, the Father's heart. So when we talk about a mother's heart, we're talking about our Heavenly Father's heart for you and for me. Now, we all realize that we're blessed to be part of God's family, the body of Christ, Each and every one of you are my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I'm so thankful for you. But I wonder if you feel as blessed to be part of your biological family. Now, I'm fully aware that uh, for some of you, uh, Mother's Day is not a happy experience. Uh, There was pain in your family growing up. Uh, There was rejection for some of you, dysfunction for all of us, right? Brokenness for some of you. And For some, Mother's Day is just a very, very sad occasion. I just want you to know that we love you. We pray for you. But here's what you need to hear. Even if your family of origin was not loving and kind and helpful to you, you have the family of God to love you. You have your brothers and sisters in Christ to love you, to serve you, to help you understand what a loving heavenly father you have. There was one incident uh, when Jesus was speaking to a large crowd, and this is in Mark chapter 3, and Jesus was speaking to this large crowd, and then his mother and brothers uh, came up on the outskirts of this crowd, and they wanted to talk to Jesus. So they mentioned to someone, hey, would you tell Jesus that we're here? We want to we talk with him. And so that word got to Jesus. And again, there's this big crowd of people around Jesus. And, uh, and he took this as an opportunity uh, to speak a very, very important truth. Now, he was not downplaying his love for his family at all. What he was doing is upplaying his love for the church. And so this is what he said. 
Uh, you, pointing to the crowd, are my mother and my brothers. All of those who do the will of the Father are my mother and brothers. I just think that's so beautiful to know that God wants us to be part of his family. Jim Stovall, who is a wonderful Christian author, wrote these words. Some people are born into wonderful families. Others have to find or create them. Being a member of a family is a priceless privilege which costs us nothing but love. Isn't that beautiful? I was uh, born, I was very grateful. I'm very grateful to this day. I was born into a very loving, caring family. Uh, Yes, a level of dysfunction like all of us. Um, There was flaws in our family, but we loved each other. And uh, what held us all together was uh, my mother. Uh, She had this huge heart. In fact, one of the reasons that I think I married Sherry is because Sherry has this huge heart, just like my mother did. But uh, there was always this sense in our family that uh, no matter what happened, we were going to be loved by our mother. And I'm so very, very grateful for that. The Bible says that children are the most precious possession in our lives. I believe that motherhood, without exception, is the most godly, noble profession in the universe, because the chief aim of being a mother is to mold young lives, to disciple your children. What an awesome and sacred responsibility. So this morning, I would like to paint a portrait for you from God's word of a mother's heart. And the amazing thing that you'll find true of a mother's heart in the Bible, and gals, you're going to love this, is that it's a portrait of the heart of God. So we are blessed to be part of God's family. And I want you to really experience the love of God through a mother's heart today. So the first thing I'd like to share is this. A mother's heart is seen in the comfort and care for her children. Isaiah, a prophet in the 7th century BC, uh, wrote these words in Isaiah chapter 66, verses 12 and 13. For this is what the Lord says. I will extend peace to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Now, the context here is that God is speaking of his comfort for the nation of Israel, who had over and over again failed him, but his love was everlasting. And he's talking about this love that he has for for Jerusalem. And he uses that as an illustration of a mother's love for her child, the comfort and the care of their children. Um, One of the most beautiful portraits of this is found in a movie that was uh, made uh, back in, I think, around 2004. It was called The Passion of the Christ. Uh, Most of you have seen that movie before. There's one particular scene in this movie that is profound. And it's about Mary and her love for her son. Now, in a moment, we're going to show a video clip of this. And I just want to tell the parents that if you have young children, uh, some of these images might not be good for them. Uh, Charlie's edited it to where it's, it's still fairly 
um, easy to watch for older children and anyone else. But for little children, you might want to have them step aside for a couple of minutes when you see this. But this beautiful portrait, you'll see um, Jesus has been scourged and beaten. He's now in the Via Dolorosa, walking towards Golgotha. The Roman soldiers are beating him. The uh, Jews and the people in the crowd are hating him. And yet in the sideline, you see Mary. And you see John, who later Jesus said, John, take care of my mother. And you see this enormous love and compassion and care for her son. So let's take a look at this video clip right here. So as you can see, even Jesus needed the comfort and care of a mother. We've all felt that need for that kind of care. I remember when I was playing football in high school, my sophomore year, I was on the junior varsity but someone on the varsity was injured and I was called up to varsity for my first varsity football game. And it was really exciting to me. And of course, they just put me on special teams and let me get banged around a little bit. But on this first play, I was on the kickoff team and I was running as fast as I could, which wasn't necessarily very fast, but I was going full steam ahead and somebody clipped me and I literally flipped in the air, landed on my head. That might explain a lot of things to some of you. I landed on my head and I was knocked out cold. This is my first play on varsity. And so they put, in those days, they put smelling salts under your nose, and I kind of came awake like that. And, and the first thing I saw was my mother. She had jumped out of the stands, 
and ran down on the field. And everybody said, oh, Mrs. Cross, you can't go on the field. You can't. The referee said, you can't. Oh, no thing was going to stop her. And she got down there. And so here, and I look up, I say, mother, what are you doing here? And she said, I just want to make sure you're right. Well, they finally ushered her off the field, and I was okay, at least relatively okay. But I'll tell you what. Don't get between a mother and her kids if something's gone wrong. The comfort and care of a mother is so powerful. Listen to what the same prophet Isaiah said in chapter 49, verse 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. God says a mother will never forget her children. But even more than that, God says, I will never forget you. Regardless of the circumstances we face today, regardless of the difficulties, as Jeanette prayed in her prayer, that we face today, regardless of even the darkness that we seem to be in today, God has promised, I will always comfort and care for you. Maybe you're in the need of comfort today. Maybe there's brokenness in your life or in your family. As our mothers brought us comfort as children, even more God wants to bring his comfort, which is available to you and is never ending. Now we spent many weeks in the book of 2 Corinthians and one of the great themes of 2 Corinthians was that God was going to bring his, bring his comfort to you and we are to give extend our comfort to each other. You are blessed to be loved by God. In August of 1983, um, my father had been struggling with uh, lung cancer for three years. He was just 56 years old. Uh, it was on a Sunday morning, and I was at my first church that I served uh, about, I started there in 1978, so it was like five years into my ministry there. Uh, we had two services, and in the second service as I was preaching, uh, the chairman of the church came up, interrupted me, and whispered, he said, you need to go to the hospital right now. And so Jess, his name was, the chairman, uh, he kind of took things from there. Sherry and I rushed out of the church and rushed to the hospital, and my father had already passed away. I remember um, in that hospital room comforting my mom. Uh, she was, of course, brokenhearted, and she was just uh, 54 years old. And, um, and I remember how sad that was for all of us. A afterwards, I, I said, I need to be alone for a bit. I want to the chapel in the hospital back in the days when they had them. And uh, I went in there, I was by myself, and after a few moments, my mother came in. And she came over and she just put her arms around me and hugged me and just loved on me. And, and I thought later, I said, my mom has just lost her lifelong love, her husband, and yet she has enough compassion and love in her to comfort me, her son, her child. We all need to experience the love of God in those moments. We had another experience um, when our, our son was in that accident that I've told you about before. He was hit by an automobile riding a bicycle. And we didn't know if he was going to live or die at this point. And we were in the hospital waiting room. And about 100 people from our church, Lakewood Covenant Church, showed up in there. The word spread. And, and I remember looking around the... Uh, the room is crowded with all these people. In fact, they, the nurses were trying to get us some people out of there, but nobody was going to leave. And, and I remember looking around, and over by my daughter, Tammy, who was 16 years old, was a group of moms and teenage girls, her friends, and they were over there talking to her and praying with her. And 
reading scripture to her. My son was over here, Nathan, 13 years old, and he had some buddies there and some dads were over there and they were talking to him and caring for him. And, and Sherry had a group of people around her that was praying for her. In fact, people would kneel in front of Sherry and I and just, they didn't know what to say. Who knows what to say in those moments? So they just read scripture. And I thought, that is my mother and my brothers. This church is my mother and my brothers. This is the care of God through God's people ministering to our hearts. It was such a powerful notion. So not only do our mothers care for us, when we recognize that God cares for us through the church of Jesus Christ, through the body of Christ. Here's an ancient Jewish proverb. God could not be everywhere, and so he made mothers. Now, that's not good theology, but that's a wonderful quote. God could not be everywhere, and so he made mothers. God will find a way to bring comfort and care to you. We thank God for our mothers. My mother uh, passed away in 2007. She was this amazing woman and uh, huge heart, just like my wife, Sherry. And uh, she was awesome in Scrabble. In fact, the reason I'm so good in Scrabble today, by the way, I challenge any of you to Scrabble match, I will ruin you in a loving, godly way. I will just flatten you. But my mother was so good, she would beat me regularly, and she was great. But anyway, she was just this wonderful, loving person that just filled up a room with her love. The poet Thackeray said these words, Mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of little children. Isaiah promised us that God will comfort us and showed us his heart through the hearts of mothers. And he said, I will not forget you. My comfort will never cease. No matter what you are facing, a mother or a parent that has been lost, that's gone to heaven, or maybe you have children that are prodigal children that are far away from God. Maybe you have friends and family that just say no to everything that you believe in. No matter what you're facing, God's promise is secure and everlasting. And he will always be faithful. One of my favorite stories is uh, written by an author. Her name is Mary Ann Bird. She calls this um, uh, allegory a... Uh, uh, the whisper test. It seems that uh, Marianne was born with a cleft palate uh, before the time when reparative surgery could have taken care of it. She was also deaf in one ear, and in school her classmates would tease her constantly without mercy. She couldn't blow up a balloon without holding her nose, or she couldn't drink from a water fountain successfully. Oh, Marianne, her classmates would say, what happened to your lip? Well, I cut it on a piece of glass, she would lie. One of the worst experiences at school, she reported, was the day of the annual hearing test. The teacher would call each child to her desk, and the child would cover first one ear and then the other, and the teacher would whisper something like, the sky is blue, or you have new shoes. This was the whisper test. If the teacher's phrase was heard and repeated, the child passed the test. To avoid the humiliation of failure, Marianne would always cheat on the test, secretly cupping her hand over her ear, her good ear, so that she could hear. One year, Marianne was in the class of Miss Leonard. Miss Leonard was one of the most beloved teachers in the entire school. Every student, including Marianne, wanted to be noticed by her and wanted to be her pet. 
Then came the day of the dreaded hearing test. When her turn came, Marianne was called to the teacher's desk. Marianne cupped her ear, her hand over a good ear. Miss Leonard leaned in forward to whisper. And then Marianne Bird writes, I waited for those words which God must have put in her mouth, those seven words which changed my life. Miss Leonard did not say the sky is blue or you have new shoes. Miss Leonard carefully leaned over as she got close and she whispered these words, I wish you were my little girl. There's something powerful about the love of a mother. And sometimes it doesn't come from a mother, but it comes from someone else, someone that loves you, someone in the body of Christ. A mother's heart is seen in the comfort and care of her children. And God's love is seen in the comfort and care that he gives to you and to me. But a mother's heart is also seen in her love for her children. Is there any greater force in the universe? When I was a boy, uh, I was eight years old. This was in 1956. Uh, it made the front pages of all the newspapers. Um, in La Jolla Cove, I li- we, li- we grew up in San Diego, and in La Jolla Cove, which is one of the most beautiful places for snorkeling back in the day, now you can't because all the seals have taken over La Jolla. But, but in those days, you go snorkeling, skin diving, swimming. And on this one summer afternoon in 1956, somehow a normally docile lemon shark came into the warm waters and really snapped onto an eight-year-old boy's legs, started thrashing around. Everybody stood there absolutely mesmerized. They didn't know what to do, what to say. They didn't know anything except the mother. She ran into the water. She literally took the shark's mouth and opened it up. She grabbed her son and went back out of the water. It was the most phenomenal thing you have ever seen her. Now, nobody got it recorded, but the newspaper reported that the next day. Is there anything more powerful or greater than a mother's love, this deep, sacrificial love, this love that says, I will do anything, this love that says, I will do anything to show you how much I love you. That's God's love for you and for me. I will do anything. In fact, I will go to the cross. I will take your sins as my own sins. I will die for them. That's how much I love you. At the trial of World War II criminals, Dr. Otto Volken, a Viennese physician who was out at Auschwitz in 1944, weepingly testified, and he said these words, and I quote, children were automatically sent to gas chambers. Mothers preferred to die with their children clasped to their breasts than to live. So guards finally decided to send them all to their deaths. This amazing love. Uh, Another story. Uh, So when uh, we were first married, uh, well, actually not when we were first, about three years after we were married, we um, were getting ready to go to seminary in 1974, and our daughter, Tammy, was eight or nine months old, something like that, and we went to the San Diego Zoo, and we went to the, to the children's petting zoo, and in the petting zoo, there was this uh, a baby elephant. Now, a baby elephant, you know, that's like, you know, saying, you know, small, sh- you know, large shrimp. Uh, a baby elephant is still a big animal, and uh, I was holding Tammy like this, kind of in, my, in the crock of my arm here, and her feet were out, and she had these two little pink booties on. She's like eight or nine months old. And I was kind of leaning over the fence so that she could see the elephant, maybe touch the elephant's tusk. But this elephant took its tusks and wrapped them around her feet. Apparently, it was uh, really motivated by those little pink slippers and wanted them, like he thought it was something to eat. And so all of a sudden, 
I'm holding this baby and I'm feeling this pull and I'm no match. I'm a big man, but I'm no match for an elephant, even a baby elephant. And that elephant was starting to pull her right out of my arms. And Sherry, she was great, a mother's love. She was beating on the elephant's tusk and she was crawling over the fence to try and get, finally a zookeeper came out and got it. Left. The, the elephant just wanted those little booties. Finally, he got them off her feet. And, but I'll tell you what, for the rest of the day, Sherry would not let go of that baby. She held that baby. Oh, should we put, her, put, put Tammy in the, in the stroke? Nope, 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 I'm holding. And there's something powerful about a mother's love, something that maybe, guys, we will never fully understand except this, to know that God's love, you take all the mothers in the world who have ever lived, put all of their love in a big ball, and even that does not match the love that God has for you and for me. A mother's heart is seen in her love for her children, and God's love for us is seen in his act on the cross of Jesus Christ. The last thing is this, a mother's heart is seen in her prayers for her children. From the time Sherry was first pregnant with our first son, Arthur Thomas, who died shortly after birth, um, we prayed for each of our children and we claimed 3 John 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Nothing matters more to Sherry and I than the salvation of our children and our grandchildren. And it's a beautiful thing when you know that they've said yes to Jesus. I remember once as a teenager, uh, I was coming home late from a, a date and um, I walked by my parents' room and I heard my mom talking. And it was late, it was like midnight. I was, I think, a junior or senior in high school. And, uh, and I heard her talking and I thought, I wonder if something's wrong. And I just kind of quietly peeked into the bedroom uh, my dad was sound asleep, naturally. That's what we guys do. Uh, but my mom was knelt by her bed and she was praying for me. I didn't know exactly what she was praying, but she was praying. I heard her say Dwayne several times and I thought, man, the power of a praying mother. When we were ready to go to seminary in 1974, my maternal grandmother, Grandma Price, was uh, at the time 75 years old. She lived to... Uh, 1990, 1993, she was 94 years old, born uh, December 25th, 1898. You know, she almost made it to touch three millennials. But anyway, Grandma Price was a woman of prayer. And uh, I, I remember when we were getting ready to leave for seminary, uh, we had our car packed in our little U-Haul tra uh, trailer. And she came up to me and she put her hands, she was a little, little thing, she put her hands around my face and she said, Dwayne, I promise you that I will pray for you and Sherry, and Tammy, every day, every day for the rest of your life. I pray that God will bless you and make you a pastor that will preach the word of God. And she just blessed me all over the place. And um, until her dying day, she promised me that she never missed praying for me, for my wife, and for my children. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Now, listen, folks, um, we know how important it is to teach our kids how to play soccer, right? And Well, maybe not soccer, but uh, we know how to play, play baseball or to play the violin. We know how important it is to teach our children to be good students, study hard, learn how to study. Uh, it's important to learn how to brush your teeth, have good maintenance on your body. It's important to, to, to teach them how to treat other people, 
how to, have, how to love other children, how to be around other children. It's important to teach them all of these things. But listen, parents, for the love of all that is holy and good, teach them about Jesus and teach them how to pray. Teach your children about Jesus because that's the only thing that's going to last for eternity. All the other things will go away. But that thing will last for all eternity. Listen to what Paul said to his young protege, Timothy. I have reminded you of your sincere faith, which has first lived in your grandmother, Lois. I think of Grandma Price. And in your mother, Eunice, I think of my mother, Virginia. And I am now persuaded lives in you. What an amazing legacy it is to have parents and grandparents that loved me, that prayed for me into the kingdom. Now, everybody doesn't have that. And I, again, I want to say I'm sorry for those of you who have never experienced that kind of love. In fact, uh, God talks about this in Genesis chapter 20. That's the chapter where the Ten Commandments were given for the, for the first time. And uh, so uh, Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments, and they're all important. But one of them uh, is talking about honoring your mother and your father. And then after the Ten Commandments, Moses goes into this little sentence. He said, be careful because the sins of your fathers and your grandfathers will be visited on you for the third and fourth generation. And what he's basically saying is that be very careful. You can pass on, you can pass on a brokenness. You can pass on sin. You can pass on all these things from one generation to, and we've seen this in our world where one generation after another and this brokenness and the sinfulness. And all. But here's the thing that we always miss. After that passage, we use that to scold our children sometimes. Third and fourth generation. Here's the thing that God said. But I will lavish my unfailing love on those who love me and obey my commandments for what? For a thousand generations. Now, if your family has not experienced generational love and grace like mine, you can. You be generation one. Generation one of a thousand generations. Generation one that loves and obeys God. That's what it is, what it means to have parents that love you and that pray for you and that constantly remind you of how much Jesus loves you. No greater gift is th than, than this is the gift of prayer. A little boy was asked in Sunday school, he said, why do you love God so much? He said, I guess it just runs in the family. <laughs> I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Uh, both of my children, Tammy and Nathan, are Christ followers that love the Lord with all their hearts, their spouses. I have eight grandchildren, ranging in age from 22, a senior in, uh, senior in college in Georgia, and our eight-year-old granddaughter in Oregon. And each one of our eight grandchildren have said yes to Jesus. Each one of them had said yes. Now, we pray daily for our kid, grandkids by name and pray that they will grow up to love and to serve God. They'll grow up to be uh, Christ followers. They'll grow up all, because they're going to go through struggles just like we did. But I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Billy Sunday once said, all hell cannot tear a boy or a girl away from a praying mother. Here's your assignment today. Make a covenant to pray for each of your children. If you have them, your um, uh, stepchildren, uh, 
for your daughters-in-laws, son-in-law, for your grandchildren, nieces, nephews. Pray for them every day that they will come to know Jesus and they will grow up to love him and serve him with all their hearts. I remember when I made big decisions in my life, I always wanted my dad's approval and at times I would get it, other times I wouldn't, but I always wanted that. But I, I know exactly where I could get love and that was my mom. When I first asked Jesus into my heart when I was 16 years old, I came home from the Youth for Christ rally and my parents were sleeping, but I went and I woke up my mother because I wanted to tell her tonight I prayed to receive Jesus. I remember when I met the woman that I was going to, I believed I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And yes, that was Sherry. And, uh, and when I fell in love with her and I asked her to marry me, the first person I wanted to tell was my mother. This is my fiance. She already knew Sherry, but this is who I'm going to marry. And mom, she has a heart just like yours. And when I felt my call into ministry, one of the first people I wanted to tell about my call into ministry was my mother. Brothers and sisters, on this Mother's Day, remember we are seeing God through our mother's love, through our mother's hearts. And we see the comfort of God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We see the love of God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we see the love of God through his desire to have an intimate, close, passionate relationship with each and every one of us. We thank God for our mother's hearts and for the light that her love shines on the love of God. In one church, when a Bible was presented uh, to a third grade child, they did this in front of the big church, and the child then would recite a passage of Scripture. On one occasion, everything was going well until the minister came to one little boy who couldn't remember his name, let alone the, the Bible verse. Little boy's eyes frantically searched for his mother all over, and oh, he couldn't find her. And then finally, his eyes locked onto his mother, and he was so relieved when she whispered to him, I am the light of the world. And so he immediately said, my mother is the light of the world. Okay, that's the Bible verse. <laughs> How true is that so often in our lives? God loves you so much. And many times we see that love through a mother's heart. And God's love for you is eternal. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? And with your, with your heads bowed, I just want to speak for a moment before I pray. Um, there are some here, I'm sure, wherever you are in your homes, who grew up and your mother hurt you. Um, here's my prayer for you today. Would you, would you forgive her? Even if she hasn't asked for it, if, would you forgive her? Because that's what Jesus said. I, I want you to forgive as I have forgiven. And for some of you, maybe it wasn't your mother who hurt you, or maybe it was you who hurt your mother. Would you try and make amends for that? If your mother has gone to be with the Lord, you just need to simply receive God's forgiveness around that. Make amends and let your mother know how much you love her. For some of you, you know that your mother's praying for you, even though you have drifted far away from God. You're a prodigal son, you're a prodigal daughter, but your mother has never stopped praying for you. The greatest thing you could do for her today is to say yes to Jesus. Let's thank God of the faithfulness of our mothers. Father, in each of these categories, I just want to 
take a moment and just give a moment of silence to let people just do the work they need to do with you. Forgiveness, to make amends, to simply let go. And so, Father, here we are, your children. Father, how great is your love. How everlasting is your love. We thank you, Father, that um, the greatest act of love we've ever seen is God in a body on a cross, his life draining from him and carrying our sins. Thank you for that great love. And thank you that for many of us, our mother's love for us reminds us of your great love for us. Thank you, Father. I pray that you would allow this word to take root in our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' precious name.